Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 41 preview. What a strange number for Sky to finish on, but that is the final game week. Uh, it's been a few weeks, Niall's been off jet-setting around the world. He's looking very tanned, as you can tell. <laughs> How's it going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Um, holiday was fantastic. The highlight of it was coming home without sunburn, but... <laughs> No, serious. I was in Mauritius with my girlfriend, and it was absolutely glorious. So, apologies to those of you who had your insatiable thirst for our dulcet tones not satisfied. But please, you'll be pleased to hear that we're back again this week. We are for the final podcast for the year. For uh, yeah, for the season, I should say, not the year. It's been a bit of a shocker for me personally. Once one thousand six hundred rank at the moment. I think that's my worst rank ever. Maybe. Maybe not first season. I don't know. I can't even remember that far back. I wish there was a history, but certainly feels like it. Um, Niall, as you can see there with the 159 underneath his name, somehow has managed to do it again. Mr. I never finish outside the top 100 has still somehow got a chance to actually finish in the top 100, but it's a bit of a long shot. What do you reckon your chances are and how the hell have you done that? Uh, chances are, I think the chances are fair. Um, as we speak, I've got Matt at captain. Liverpool have conceded a goal, but he seems to be knocking the ball about. So if he picks up a few points tonight, mm. I reckon I'll be about 15, 20 points outside, just within striking distance. And I've still got a transfer left. So who knows? I've, I think how I've done it, so probably goes back to that. I did that, that Havertz double captain back in, like whatever that was, mm. two months ago. Since then, I've been on a steady a steady rank rise. So I was, I was well outside the top 1,000 in March. So since then, I've gone on a bit of a rampage. I mean, I had a ridiculous run of captains last week. I mean, I get the stage now where I'm just throwing darts. I think I went uh, <laughs> I went Zaha captain, who got 18. Then I went Nketiah, who got that brace against Leeds. And then I had Matip, I think, who got a goal. Mm-hmm. And then um, Matt, captain Madison, when he got like a 14-point haul, doubled. And um, someone else outrageous as well. Um, Basically, just a ridiculous run of, look, good luck. But when you're chasing, you need to try and find these captains are maybe a little bit... Obscure. uh, Well, yeah, obscure, but also where other people are are not going. Um, So, so yeah, it's it's worked out. But it would be nice to finish in top 100. Last season, I think I scraped in right at the end. Despite not having the best season, I think I finished like joint 99 last season. So who knows? We'll see what happens over the weekend. But it's been a good comeback. I think actually like I've learned quite a lot, I think, from this season overall. And I think you're just looking at like my rank grid. So thinking about where I was before, I think one of the, we're going to talk about big lessons, but um, definitely not writing yourself off, you know, at any point, unless you've obviously spunked all the transfers but not writing yourself off if you're still you know if you're still there or thereabouts you're going to have a chance of finishing reasonably high up you just got to try and keep your head and try not to make rash decisions at 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 points which i've been really tempted to do at times this year and i've managed to keep it on the straight and narrow it looks like it's hopefully going to pay off but we'll see if i finish outside the top 100 either way i think i'll be delighted to secure kind of a top 200 which looked like a massive long shot even just a few weeks ago so yeah ultimately yeah. it doesn't even matter does it in this game it's just no. for per- just for personal 
yeah, personal goals, I guess. But um, I think that's incredibly impressive, to be honest with you. And I think we're going to get on to best uh, traits is one of the questions later. But to find that much sort of ground and leeway and differential captains in the final weeks to make that ground back, I think that's incredibly hard for a lot of players. Like, I think you can do that sort of play and um, not be consistent, if you know what I mean, and, and generally just you know throw away your season. And yes, you're right, you do need some luck there as well. But to have both traits, you know, that consistent good performer and then to throw in these extra caps. I mean, most people don't even own them. I mean, uh, maybe they do, but Madison and Ketia, they don't, they're not, they're sort of just on the edge of being Sky players, I would say. Not not exactly 100% nailed ones. Maybe that's a little bit unfair to Madison, but Enketia obviously came in. He could maybe drop out, so he's not kind of the player where, and usually you'd want to bring him in Sky, you think, oh, Lacazette's still there. It could be two transfers on that move. You know, stuff like that. Havertz as well is another one you'd say, well, you can't be guaranteed he's going to play. But you know, you found the right time to do it, the timing to get them in and smash it. And Enketia, to be fair to him, has been pretty damn good for Arsenal, despite them being terrible. So, yeah, I think that's really impressive. I've been trying to do that a little bit. I haven't had any... I mean, I, I used all my transfers about two weeks ago, pretty much gave up. But I've been sort of picking just random captains. I, I managed to hit Kevin De Bruyne, four goals, so that was good. But the rest of them, sort of all around that, are sort of Salas and stuff who hasn't even been starting. So... Yeah, it's been a mixed bag, it's been a mixed bag. But anyway, enough about our seasons. Um, we've got some questions now, so I think we'll go through them and that will lead us nicely onto probably more of a, a review of the season in general, maybe changes for next season. And we will, we will look at sort of next week a little bit, but given all the games are at the same time, um, the lineups will be visible for everyone. I think it's very much going to be guided by the lineups on that day. Um, and we're probably also in there thinking of quite a few punts, but we'll, we'll have a few to give you. Um, so I'll start with the very first question. Actually, I partly answered it, which was from FPL Spartans. Niall, what is Luke's best trait? And Luke, what is Niall's best trait? So I've already said mine for you. I think it's consistency, but also having that edge over other players that could lead you to winning it one day where you do have that sort of X, X factor that I think a lot of other players do struggle struggle for. Um, yep. I've got no idea what my best trait is, so I'm, I'm interested to hear this. Well, I mean, apart from your dashing good looks, it's... <laughs> It's maybe I think there's a, there's a number of them. I think you have a brilliant ability to find players that I'm not necessarily even thinking about. I know the community aren't thinking about dropping a pin on them weeks in advance, and then three weeks later somehow they they become world beaters. So I think you've got you've got a brilliant eye for for gems. There's no doubt about that. And also I think you you. I think if either of us is going to win this game, I think it's probably more likely to be you. Like I've, I've got a high floor, higher floor probably than you, because I do think you take more like Hail Mary punts than I do, but they're informed. They're not just random. Um, but I think your ceiling could be could be much higher. And I think you, you've know, seen at the end of the season, one of we've kind of, I've peaked and you've troughed, but a lot of that's just because we've been punting in different directions. But mm. yeah, I, I think your ability to to like to find a, a differential at, at random times is, is impressive. But that said, I think if I had to give you some advice, I'd say I mean, we're going to talk about the lessons learned. I need, I need to think about mine as well, but I think we both need to think about like what we do at the start of the season because mm. here we are again and it looks as if neither of us are going to get to the final day with the transfer. As I say, I've got one, but it's going mm. tomorrow. And and I think you were saying you've been out of transfers for a few, about a few weeks now. So I think, I think probably that'll be big, one of the big lessons learned. I appreciate that. That feels good to hear. But um, I don't necessarily... Well, maybe sometimes I agree with you, sometimes not. It depends if it works. But yeah, definitely a negative on that is as a result, you can end up using a few too many transfers and um, mm. because you think you can see something before people and it necessarily doesn't work out. So it, it does swing both ways, absolutely. And despite, I mean, I always try to give the advice, I think I've been saying it all season, that you really do want to hold on to your transfers. People are saying, well, how much use is a transfer when you're only getting sort of one week or two weeks out of them towards the end? And I get that argument. You know, if you use a transfer 18 weeks ago and for 18 weeks he outscores the other guy, that's a more use, you know, a better use of that transfer. But these final couple of weeks can make all the difference with those points. You know, if players get injured or teams start rotating and you don't have it, I know from experience from when I was close to winning it one year, it really affected me having Aguero injured. Um... And yeah, and I just feel like if you can hold them, it is really useful. And then I, I don't go with my own advice, which is stupid. But in my position, it was like, well, whatever. But I think next year, I really need to get better at that. And it's just so much easier said than done. That's the problem. It feels like you're missing out on a player. 
you know, when do you think, oh God, I've got to get this player because he's killing me every week. And then, you know, if you go too late on the player and then suddenly he's not, not a good option anymore and you've got to swap him out. Like there is a, there is luck in it, but there is definitely an ability, I think, in timing, you know, how, I think Gallagher's a good example from this season, right? Right at the beginning of the season, at that price, at that good, what he was doing, depending on how early you got onto him and sorted the rest of your structure out, might have actually affected your season quite a lot. And then if later on in the season, I went back to him, I think people had sold him because of circumstances with fixtures, injuries or whatever it was. And I went back to him thinking, oh, they've got good games, maybe you do it. And he hasn't done anything. I don't really take that as a a negative, as I think he could have. But it's all then, well, okay, when do I think... I need to get rid of this player because he's not performing is also a really hard talent um, to have because many, many times, and I think last season you were the one to say on the Leeds players, for example, was it Ailing or I can't remember which, which defender it was now? Was it no, Dallas, um, Dallas or was it Ailing? Dallas probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he, the fixtures were bad, right? We got to the overhaul stage and it's like, he's been a gem all season. He's too good at that price. The fixtures are bad, but we don't need him. I think nearly everyone in the community sold him and was like, right, we're just going to reconstruct our team. We don't need him anymore. And you were like, you know, this guy's still a god. I think he's going to be fine. And he and he was. He scored like another four or five goals in like the final weeks. It was ridiculous. Um, so there's that talent of like, well, no, you know, I'm going to keep on this player because he is that good. And it's just like, yeah, the balance there, there is luck involved. I don't doubt it, but it's it's really, really tricky to gauge. So, yeah. Um, and I think as well, like, like we're, it's diff- I think the thing I found this season has been quite tricky is we're, Putting ourselves out here most weeks. I mean, not I wouldn't say every week. We've had a few few missed ones recently, but um, you know, you, you live and die by a lot of the decisions that you make, and you have to come back and justify it the next week, which sometimes mm. is, is tough. So, but you know, it hopefully, makes for some decent listening to the people who've been following us all season to hear the difference in approach. I think if we all had the same, if we all had the same way of methodical way of playing the game, kind of robotic, just play a straight bat, you know go for the, the usual captains. If we both did that every single week, don't, and I'm not saying we'd make decisions for entertainment purposes, we definitely don't, but hopefully, you know, it's a byproduct of what we do that yeah. make it any No, I, I generally make those decisions because I think yeah. I want to get an edge over the, the better players. That's what it is. I'm not playing against everyone else. I feel like I could beat everyone else playing that way, like a lot of people do. Maybe that's big-headed, but I think if I play that way, I could probably beat the average casual player. I'm yep. trying to beat the really good players that play this so I think you have to be a little bit different occasionally now it's not necessarily true I think you can still do very well just with a few of them and it's mu- it's getting that balance right I think to get right so to really, the top, uh, you know. and my 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 MO for the for Sky is always you hear like people kind of deploying strategies based upon what others are doing and um, not doing this because others aren't doing it or doing it because others are for me like my, my approach and yes, it differs at the end of the season when you know you, there's like two te- two teams and one player, one person has this player, one person has that mm. player. You can cover each other off, but for the majority of the season, you should just be looking to pick the best, best player. possible players in your eyes, the best possible captain in your eyes, and playing your own game. For me, has always been has always been like where I've had more success. 100%. When I try and follow crowds too much. I end up just I end up just getting frustrated and then making rash decisions. Yeah. So I, th- I think there's yeah I think that's it. Like ignoring ignoring the noise a lot of the time and focusing on your own team. And that doesn't mean you don't listen to these podcasts. You don't take in information. You do, but you you allow it to shape and influence and nudge you. But you don't allow it to dominate you. And you don't you don't allow it to to yeah. to be the, the the centerpiece of all of your decision making. So I, I think because most of the well. time the very best captain by the community and everyone thinks it is is actually the best captain, but not always. And that's that's the bit that people miss out. I think that's that little bit on the extra where yeah. If, if everyone's saying it, it's probably true, but then sometimes we can be lured into past. You know, we can say, well, we're going to captain Salah because it's Salah. And, you know, most of the time he is the best captain, but sometimes maybe he's not. Maybe there is another avenue. And I think Cancelo, maybe going De Bruyne over Cancelo, that sort of thing, right, which we've done a little bit towards the end. I think because Cancelo's been so good the whole season, you're just automatically drawn to it. Um, so, yeah, tricky balance. But, anyway, I think that, that point goes both ways, right? Because I found myself when I was down earlier, like maybe... February, January, down languishing a bit, quite far off where I was wanting to be. I was looking at a match day and seeing a player who was clearly the best captaincy option. And just because I knew he was going to be captained by loads of others and I'm trying to catch everyone, I was forcing forcing it. So tra- deliberately captaining someone who, mm-hmm. you know, I, if I was picking the best player on that day, I wouldn't do that. And so there's a time and a place for making decisions like that. And it's definitely not February and January. 
no no definitely not and like I say it's not just to be different it's only if you for me genuinely believe this player has got a, a pretty good chance of outscoring the other person um, and yeah. that's and that's grounded in logic because we can all have random you know thoughts that it, it might happen there's so much luck and variance in football yes but um, I think there has to be a realistic possibility for if it actually happening and you know if you're the only one thinking that that's probably a bit of a warning sign so you do have to sort of double check that occasionally a little bit don't you try and keep that under wraps a little bit right let's move on to a question um this is quite a good one from tom hartnell he says about doing an end of season review which is more what this is about um i think more than anything else and he says what are your thoughts on the game as it stands what would you change for next season now i think we have kind of talked about this a little bit throughout the course of the season i think our thoughts were even right at the beginning of the season some of the things there's some obvious ones for me um and i think if i start i'll just say man of the match is is just a shamble still I think I just don't like it and it's it's a boring answer but I think they need to do something and I think I've spoke to you before that they were talking about doing something last season when I was in contact with them whether that happens or not I don't know but I hope it does whether that's binning them entirely or whether that's using highest rated player on FOP mob or whatever just something that we can use where um, we can actually apply some logic to it rather than just you know who the reporter's got in his team essentially um, yeah, I think you. Agree I, I, that, I think you're right. I, I think there's there's something to it. I don't like it in its current form. I've got. I used to quite enjoy it. I'll be honest. Like, I get. A, I, I get a like. It's like when someone asked me. Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you an analogy. Someone asked me, "What do you think of VAR? Do you want it introduced in Scottish football?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. I quite enjoy debating contentious decisions and referees getting things wrong. Like, that's part of football for me. I enjoy it. Still happens with VAR." It does. It, it, to be fair, it does, but I think maybe slightly less so than before. But on Sky, I actually quite like like logging into the app half five on a Saturday before the, the early games properly kicked off, checking the refreshing frantically to find out who's man of the match. Like I, I do enjoy that, and it would be a shame if that went. But the decisions are sometimes horrendous. Um. So so yeah. On the one hand, sad to see it go. On the other hand, I wish it was a. You know, I wish it was applied more objectively in the first place, otherwise we might not be yeah. losing it if it does go. Well, I do um, think if it is put to FOTMOB or whatever, you know, one of these rated sites who scored or whatever, that can be utilised by the hardcore players like us, right? Because we can research yeah. that, see who, who they generally favour. They're obviously going to use stats to generate those ratings. They, you know, they use pressures or passes or whatever, and there's always going to be a waiting similar to the bonus point system in FPL where we can look at it and think, right, well, this guy's probably got more chance of getting around the match, so... Anything we can utilise more, you know, I'm all for that as well. I'd like to see something like that, where you, but it's based on FOTMOB, so it's more transparent. Like, I know that the, the FPL bonus point system, yeah, a lot of like people found it, found it difficult to follow at times. But So, for example, FOTMOB, three points for the player who gets the highest rating, two for second and, and one for third. That would be, I think that would be good. I think that would be a good addition. But yeah. my concern is if we were to scrap it completely and not then change the scoring system, you would basically punish midfielders and strikers and make it even more of a defender's game. And people are already playing probably five at the right, back. Actually. Yeah, so right, yeah. that's that's a concern that I've got. And also, like, you know, it would totally disincentivize captaining the player who can get the big, the big haul up front versus the kind of steady defender who's going to pick up five, ten every week. So it's a good point. I don't, I don't, I don't, that might make the game a bit more boring if they were to do that. So I think they're like that's why I think that the three two one based upon fault mob ratings would be good. But we'll have to I mean, who knows if they're gonna make any changes, but it would that would be for me optimal to just scrapping it completely. Yeah, I suppose if they you'd probably be for it if they scrapped it, but then they, they did something else to reward in a different way, right? I think that, that would maybe be give fun. strikers more points for goals or something like that. Yeah. Like, just try and level the playing field a bit because at the moment, like we are looking at a world, I think, where defenders, not so much at the end of the season when things are as frantic as they are just now, but certainly in the early weeks, um, it, it did feel like this season even, like, obviously Cancelo was brilliant and you wouldn't want to go anywhere else. But in previous years, like, Diaz and Van Dijk were the two, like, solid captains. You'd barely move off of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think they do need to change that, by the way. I think it's been too many seasons of that now. Where it's like yeah. if that if that's the same rules again, we just know that we're all getting. I mean, I was going to bring up the stats a little bit later, just when we look at our favourite players. In fact, I may as well just do it now. Screen share and and show the uh, the member stats. This is passes per ninety um, for defenders across the season. 
and as it's per 90 it doesn't take into account apps so you've got Mendy in there from City for example with from one performance and, and right up there but you can just see who's in it we all know already it's dominated by Man City you know, and then Liverpool and Chelsea to a slightly lesser extent um, yeah. so we all know again if they've got that again it's kind of a bit boring I think just to actually go in there and go yeah I'm just going to get those centre-backs again and I know it's hard to, to promote change because it's been a big part of Sky for quite a while now but it wasn't always like that um, you know I'm old enough to remember when it, when it wasn't and I kind of want something a little bit different there whether they'll do that or not I don't know but yeah, it gets a little bit boring. I think just trying to get the the, the most nailed on centre back from the top team in your in your in your eleven, um, and fill it with them if you can. So yeah, I'm kind of with you to put us on that one. I think that's probably one change I'd maybe look at. I think I think the the only other thing really that stands out is the overall process. Just makes team. I mean, teams are always going to be template like near the top because we all have working with the same information. But I do think having the two, especially the one after three weeks, just means we pretty much all have the same team after three weeks. Then we overhaul where there's probably a little bit of difference, but not too much. And then again in February, it kind of promotes everyone changing to the same team with all the same information again. We've got the World Cup this year, so I think they're going to do one around there. That's what I would have thought that makes sense. Whether they do any others or not, I don't know. But I'd probably want to bin that off, to be honest, and just try and focus on one. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think... Having two overhauls, is, it does feel like a bit much, especially when you get to a point in the season, like the second half of the season, where the fixtures might be laid out skewed in favour of one team, and then everyone's got the same, everyone's got the same players, and it just it it it, re- it resets the template, even if the template's been split. So mm. again, it it just for me makes it less exciting overall. And actually, part of what I enjoy about Sky is the fact that it's a it's an absolute marathon, right? It's not a sprint. You yeah. need to be able to manage your transfers. You need to be able to make the right decisions at the right times. Sometimes the best decision is to do nothing. Mm. And for some people they find that really difficult. And that's why I think like um having no overhauls or or maybe less if there was just one overhaul would 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 give those who are methodical and do plan a bit more and are more pragmatic with the transfers maybe yeah. more of an advantage. But either way it's um yeah, I think maybe that's something I would see change. I think I think having an overhaul after three weeks feels a bit soon for me. I know the point of it is to engage encourage the masses to play the game engagement, right? So yeah. people pick a team and then oh my god, someone's injured and they get to pick the whole team again. Fair enough, I understand the, the rationale behind that, but it, it's become a bit of a gimmick. It has. I know why it was brought in. I was told at the time it was exactly that. Player engagement, their stats said that after three weeks is the most likely time that they'll lose players because they've obviously had a bad start. They don't like their team. They've used too many transfers. They give up. So they give an overhaul and they're probably going to get more clicks on the website. Simple as that. Um, And it is a tricky balance behind trying to reward, make the game as good as it can be, competitive for the top players, but also try and get as many people to play it. and, and, and to keep coming back to the game when you have got a game like you say that is a marathon with limited amount of transfers it's very hard to do that because inevitably people are just going to spank them now I don't care but obviously Sky do so um, it's a tricky balance we'll see what they do there there's nothing I mean we could talk about rules for Sky this question could literally be like a five hour podcast yeah. I think um, so yeah the main one for me are the overhaul and the man of the match maybe a little tweak to the bonus system I think maybe I don't know if this is just COVID related but um, and just generally in the last few seasons, but it feels like 40 transfers is probably just a little bit f- too few if you do want to encourage people to keep actually playing tactical or you look for this team or switch from the big hitters and sort of have fun with the game. I feel like 40 is probably pushing the boundaries now. It just seems like maybe it's just me running out of transfers most of the time, but it feels like you can get punished a lot of late where you just, you know, you make moves with three for ones or four for ones and they only actually end up playing two. And I just think with five substitutes and the way these top teams have just got ridiculous squads now you know Liverpool again tonight rotating you know they've got so many good forwards Man City will be the same Haaland's coming in you know some of the top teams uh, or not even the top teams teams like Brighton with Potter you've got Vieira at Crystal Palace they're all sort of following this system now of like you rotate your front three quite a lot you get like a decent squad like it's only going to get harder I think and again it encourages everyone to pick those centre-backs who are going to play 90 minutes from the top teams so I think they need to throw some more transfers at it Totally agree. I think that's that's a fair point. I mean, I I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to more transfers, just as long as it's as long as on the flip side they they do something about an overhaul, maybe lose one or, or even both. But yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I think it would be interesting to see the game. Obviously, Premier League's changed, 
the number of individual match days now over the course of a season Mental, isn't it? compared to when we started playing Sky, I think there must be a good 10, 15, 20% even more individual match days. I'm sure someone's done analysis on that. Probably Ian Parron or something. So well, look at this. Definitely. He's on the screen but, right now as you talk. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think just with the TV rights and Amazon coming in and all this stuff, there's like, there's more, we're only going in one direction. And that is that more games on certain days. So, for me, like it would be an advantage, I think, for the more engaged players to have like less transfers. That makes sense, silly, but because more game days, less transfers, you know, it really rewards those who plan uh, and think about things. But equally, you know, the Sky Game point of it isn't just to satisfy us folk who populate the top one thousand quite regularly and you know listen to podcasts every week like we do. It is to try and get people involved in the game who never maybe have played it before or mm. you know play it but somewhat passively they just play it with their mates like that that's good too and that's that that should be i understand why that's the aim for the game for, for the people who run the game so a bit of balance would be good absolutely um i have to tell you at this point for some reason this has been happening to me on black box zoom is telling me i've got four minutes and the call's going to end and i have to upgrade to pro which has never happened before but it's decided that's going to happen so i'm going to lose you but don't worry, I'll invite you back now. So uh, when that happens, I'll just have to panic do it. I'm not editing the video. I'm too lazy for that. So you just have to put up with it, everyone. Um, Ian's on the screen. He's thanking us for, for doing such a great job. You might want to take that back after uh, that shambles is about to happen in a minute. But cheers, Ian. Um, Dave Simplegoe is also in the chat. In the chat on Twitter, same thing. And he's saying, um, you know, how, how do I go about winning this thing? This guy's in like, I think he's third, maybe second. He's certainly first like a day ago. And then Kevin De Bruyne went mad and he didn't have him, I think. Or... Maybe I'm giving away too much there, but I don't think he did because he dropped down. Um, yeah, he's basically saying, should I just pick the best players or now, because he's kind of looking, he thinks he knows other people's other people's teams, should he actually go for the differential to win on the last day? I'll let you answer that first, but bear in mind you've got three minutes to answer it before you disappear now. <laughs> That's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at the leaderboard as we speak and it looks like the guy who's top has done his, not moved. He's not, maybe he doesn't have anyone tonight. So there's only... Dave's in third. I think there's only eight points at the moment between Dave and him. Oh, God. So it's really tight. And even all the way down to, like, seventh, there's still with 20, 27, 28 points. So there's anyone really in that top eight, I would say, maybe even nine, ten, could still win it. Um, so it's, I think, it's going to go down to the wire. No matter what, like, it's, hard, it's so hard to give you. I know, it's, it's like... It's going to go to the last day easily. And I think in previous years, I remember it going to the last day of the season, but it's been like maybe one guy's 10 points ahead of, of one other. Um, or maybe there's like two people and three people in there, but there's like 30 points of a bridge between all of them. This year, it looks like there's going to be 30 points potentially separating like seven or eight people, which is outrageous. Yeah. So I think it probably is going to be, it's going to be difficult because if everyone takes the approach, it's all about what everyone else does, and ultimately you don't know what they're going to do. So if I sit here and say, you should go for a differential. Who's the best captain? Who's the best captain on that week? Because that's the important thing to work out. But I don't even think that is 100% certain. Like, no, that's, I... not... no, it's not certain. But what I'm saying is, if I tell everyone to go for a differential, if I tell him to go for a differential, and those who, those who are listening also say, oh, well, I'll go for a exactly. differential too, then, then it nullifies. But then I think that's what he needs to do, right? He safe. needs to sit down there and say, right, who is the best captain? And therefore, I think who... Because I think... Maybe he won't, but whoever's number one, that's the play, right? We've been talking about you go for the best captain, oh, yeah. I, I would have thought. So I don't know his team. Maybe Dave does. I'd imagine looking at the fixtures, again, it's going to be guided by the lineups 100%, but the likes of Kane and Son stand out massively straight away, I think. You'd probably say Son. I've been in, I've been in situations like this before, albeit like, I think the season I finished third, I, I came from quite far back to, mm. to do it, like to, to reach in the end. But I... I I would, I would maybe consider making a, a gamble, but probably if I was going to make the gamble, I'd make the gamble tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wednesday's games. You've got three games there. You've got Everton Palace, Chelsea, Leicester, and Villa Burnley. I don't think there's a standout captain really there. So, I mean, it's hard to even say who'll be the highest captain player of that, to be honest. No, I don't even know if so. How much is Sun owned by? No, no, tomorrow, I'm saying. Oh, Everett, tomorrow, but, yeah, sorry. Thursday, yeah, so Everton Palace, Chelsea, Leicester, Villa Burnley. So maybe, that, to me, there's options there. 
for a rant for a random cap for, for a differential captain. Like I've got Mount in my team. Mount like he looked really good the other day. Who knows? He could he could do a classic get a, gets an eighteen pointer, and and propels you up. I know lots of people have Richarlison. There'll be um, some Vardy's kicking about. I think. I think we lost him, ladies and gents. Bear with me while I invite him back. <laughs> Mid flow, love that. Let's see if I can get him back. Professional operation here. Why is it doing this? It did this to it did it to us on Black Box. If you guys ever watched that as well, uh, for FPL. Only two people, so it shouldn't have to uh, kick you out after half an hour. I have no idea. But bear with me, trying to type at the same time. Let's see if we can get the main man back in. Liverpool and Southampton in the background, 60th minute, just for uh, for reference. Niall's been subbed off in the 60th minute. He's missed out on his clean sheet. Probably doesn't even know he's been cut off. I like to think of him just chatting away there, not not realising it. Sent him an invite. Let's see if he. Uh... Let's see if he comes back. Come on, Niall. Oh, here he is. Are you back, Niall? Hi. Hello. 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 You you gave me four minutes to answer that question, and I managed to go way over. <laughs> but I've in 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 the time that I spent trying to get back in, I've had a chance to collect my thoughts, and I think that this is what I would say. Wait until after tomorrow night. So you've got the Thursday night games. Take stock. I mean, tomorrow you can captain whoever you want. I think like, there's no obvious pick. I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't. I, I think maybe Chelsea defenders will be the highest, but they're playing Leicester. Leicester are pretty damn good going forward, and I'm not sure that they'll even pick up passes in that game. So um, definitely no obvious pick. Anyway, going into Sunday, I would take stock. So if you are within striking distance or by that I mean about you know around the 20 point 10 15 point mark depends on your team if you're sitting with a team that's decimated and you've got no transfers and you've you know you've maybe only got eight players playing because you've got a couple of injuries one player's not starting that kind of thing I think that on the balance of probability going with the highest owned most likely owned captain by the people above you is probably not the play because even if that captain hits you've got a depleted team that's probably not going to make up the difference. Mm -hmm. If you're in that position and you captain something, I would probably captain someone who maybe others wouldn't be looking at because that's to me, seems like the only logical way that you would win. If you're sitting with a stacked team, 11 starting players and you're, you know, five, 10 points off, you can probably bet that the people around you, if not above you are not sitting on 11 fit starting players. So in that case, I'd probably captain the 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 most owned slash player that you would really want to captain. So for me, I'm looking at the fixtures like it's a non-negotiable for me. I, I'd be captaining Kane against Norwich if I had him. Like I don't think there's really anyone else. Like there's obviously options, but he's the number one for me. Like logical captain. I think I, th I think Sun's just as good though. But yeah, he's fifty percent owned. So depending on which one yeah. you've got. Yeah. Oh yeah, either 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 Son or Kane, like whoever you've got. But I think I've had both, I'd still go for Kane. I think he just looks really good just now. But that I think that's the way I'd do it. And then I mean if you're at the top, if you're at the top and you're fending off a lead, I think you've got to captain, I think you've got to captain the player that you think is going to do the best. And if that was me in that situation, I'd be going for Kane followed by followed by Son. Mm. Sorry, that's maybe not like categorical. It's really difficult to give advice without knowing like the full ins and outs. Oh, 100 percent yeah. But I think Chelsea yeah. are really, really appealing as well, home to Watford. I mean, they just it's not just that they're a terrible team. They've been a terrible team all season. Yeah. Now they've got loads of injuries. Um, you know, they 
capitulating all over the place. They actually did, like, stats-wise, they weren't actually that bad against Leicester, but I just feel Chelsea at home versus Watford, the fact that you get to see the lineups, obviously the biggest issue with Chelsea is not knowing who's going to play. And then when it's final season, you wonder, final season, final game of the season, you wonder, um, you know, does he do some of these teams, give some swan songs to some players and, you know, churn out the kids and all that stuff. So you get to see a player. I mean, if like you've got Mount in your team, right? Mount, I think, all season has pretty much been terrible. But whenever he's played, one of the weakest sides in the league has churned out like a 20-pointer. I don't yeah. think that means it's going to happen again. But, you know, if there's any game where you'd expect there's some crazy haul from someone, I think outside the Spurs game, that game feels pretty pretty large for it. I mean, Reese James and Alonso have been flirting with them most of the season and they're the kind of guys, right, where if you get that clean sheet, a goal, assist, man of the match or something in that game, then you're just you know, you're gonna hit one of those elusive sky sort of thirty, forty pointers and that could be the difference on the final day. So it's terrifying. I think I think though that that gap that these guys have got is just not enough to, to ever any of them just think you know, they've won it or, or anything. We just know in this game that you can get crazy points. So it's horrific. Even someone, like you say, right down the, down, down the way could end up winning just because they have to do something like that. So good luck, everyone. I know not everyone's in that position, but if you are, you know, I'd rather not be um, terrified on that final day, but it's better than where I am, right? So if you just miss out on the money, then so be it. You just know it's going to come down to something like dramatic or you know, every, everyone's going to be able to match. reflect on this. Yeah, everyone's going to be able to reflect on the season and think, well, if that scandalous man of the match award went in a different direction, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, my, my season might just have been revived again. Yeah, exactly. Matthew's just, Matthew's just scored. Has he really? Yeah. Oh my God. That yeah. is ridiculous. I've Jesus. got him as captain in two of my Sky teams out of the three. There you go. You're happy as well. That, that, that in itself, like we're just answering what might happen. That might have just, that might have just sealed, that may just give someone tens of thousands of pounds like well who knows like it can all change i mean yeah good luck to everyone who's up there like i i envy you but at the same at the same note like i hope you've got a good constitution because your stomach's going to be going between now and the end of the week <laughs> i'm pretty sure dave's got matip you know so i wouldn't be surprised if he's his captain keep an eye on that leaderboard now it might uh, it might suddenly rise up there if it's doing the live thing <clears throat> oh my god i've just seen the goal yeah i've got it in the background okay cool uh, there's only one more question. I really thanks everyone else who put the questions in here. Uh, Bruno said about change of strategy for next season. I think we've kind of answered that one. It's just I, I'm looking to change to to not use as many transfers. I know that's very easy to say, but I need to be more calm. Certainly in that midsection when we've talked about this lull before, I think I need to. And it's really just going with really um, for me on the overhaul, not trying to be too clever. Quite a few times I've thought, right, I can go with the over one. I can actually get this really good-looking team if I just ignore this player and then my team will look good. And then more often than not, the player that I've ignored and restructured my whole team around is actually really good and I just have to then fix it all again. So I'm just going to play really boring and safe from overhaul, I think, um, next year. I mean, if there is an overhaul, of course. Um, Julian just said about block defences, and I don't want to talk about this too much, but basically does he say that, you know, that, that City season last season where there was that period where they had all the extra games, loads of games, and they absolutely smashed it. Was that more of a one-off because the Chelsea ones have failed this season? And they, they probably have failed this season. It's affected me really badly. But he's saying, should we just not do that anymore? Like, is that not a thing? I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I do think it can bomb your season if it goes wrong because, I mean, I'm living proof that it, that it did that. I went, I went all in and it just didn't work. But I also think a fantasy game that allows you to have more than two or three players from the team, which is quite rare amongst most fans, gives you that opportunity to absolutely you know, get it right and absolutely smash it. So I still think it's a decent tactic overall if, if the players are good enough and, the, and the, the prices are good enough. But I don't know if you've got a more balanced approach to it and maybe going to adjust. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I so obviously looking at my season, I reflect upon what happened with the Chelsea block. But I, I think that they looked great at the start of the year. Obviously, you were getting similar passing output to Manchester City and Liverpool for like a fraction of the price. Mm. Obviously, a couple of injuries happened. The whole contract situation killed it. Um, it didn't work out. But I think there's, I think there can be merit in it. What I would also say though is, is it worth loading up on kind of suboptimal players? So, for example, you could have a defense with. You might have Kyle Walker in it, right? 
if you go for a block or Ederson in goal, like for me, like I I prefer to just focus on like the, the prime players, even if they play for teams that are maybe going to get slightly less clean sheets. If they're, if they're the ones who are more capable of picking up passes, they're more capable of getting tackles, they're more capable of goals and assists. Like they're the best players for a reason, I think. And like, you do have to sacrifice something by having a block defence. It can be great when it comes off, mm. as I've, we've all witnessed in the past. But uh, I think outside of like overhauls where you get to stack up on them or like maybe the first three games of the season when you've got like that power play before the overhaul, I'm struggling. The more I think about it, the harder it is now for me to justify doing it, even though no, it's I think I agree with that. I think I'm right. I mean, I, I don't remember if I got Walker or not, but I might have. So yeah, I think... It, you're right in terms of getting a slightly substandard pick that you wouldn't pick outside of the fact that the fixtures and the runs that good. Yeah. Like just just think about it twice, basically. Um, yeah, I do agree with that. I think I probably have gone overboard. Christensen, Silver, stuff like that. You know, that's, just and that's it. All we, in on it. We both did it. We both did it. And and like you know, we, I think at the time there was good, there was sound logic behind it, but yeah, it just definitely didn't work out. I mean, the fact that I had Christensen as Pilaqueta. I think I had Alonso as well, brought him in, then he got dumped. Mm. Yeah, not not great. No, absolutely. I think that covers the main questions, and we've talked a little bit about next week anyway, but I just before we, we just sort of said a final roundup of, of next week, I just wanted to ask you about any gems for next season, and I know that's really tough because, again, the scoring might be different, the player prices is obviously going to be different. <laughs> And we're not even in next season where, you know, there's going to be loads of signings and stuff. But is, any, is there anyone that you're thinking, you know, maybe they're more of an asset than I thought or they've got the chance to be a better one next season and you're going to be very much sort of following them? Um, I've got a couple, but um, yeah, anyone taking your fancy? Yeah, I think the one the one that stands out like is Bruno Guimaraes from, from Newcastle. He's been unbelievable. Like when he came up, I remember us having a pod, podcast probably six weeks ago when he kind of burst onto the scene and like us both saying like we didn't even think about him, we didn't even like didn't cross our minds to recommend him mm. and he's been outstanding he's like a classic sky player picks up passing tackles can get man of the match shots goals he's he looks he looks the real deal so i think he'll be someone i'll be i'll be monitoring like really really closely um and i and i wasn't close to bringing him in but fair play to those who did like i think that was a, that was a brilliant shout is there anyone that you're thinking about. I, I think that's a great shout. Really cheap. I don't think it was going to be 7.6 million again. But maybe you'll go unnoticed because I don't know. He's he's been quite he's done quite well, hasn't he? He's been quite famous, if you want to say that. Oh, Sky Sports have been noticing, giving him out of the match and stuff. But I think sometimes they sort of don't realise the power in their own game of some of these people who can get like the Gallagher's and stuff, right? The passes, tackles, everything, goals. He's basically been the new. He's basically been the new Gallagher. Um, he actually started, I was just looking, one, two, three, four, five games in a row. He was actually a sub when he was obviously bought and then introduced to the league. So five one-pointers in a row. So it's not like it was just signposts that he was suddenly going to turn into God and then he just hits that run of just like, yeah, I think he scored points every single week. Not a single Unbelievable. Uh, mental. Um, yeah, there's a couple that have really stood out. I mean, I've had Rodri, and it's a really boring answer, but I've had Rodri for um, the back end of the season and... I've never really liked Rodri before, really, just because I've always felt he's slightly not nailed. You know, he's not 100% nailed like some of the other DMs can be in the game. Um, and to be honest, in a Man City game, it's just quite uninspiring because he's just probably going to get you passes and get you five points most week. I usually like the defender who also can get you the clean sheet. Yes, he sometimes gets tackles. Um, but I think we've seen now, not just this season, although his goal threat is, is quite significant from set pieces. He's obviously got an absolute thunder shot on him um, which again this is not just this season it's been for a few seasons he's sort of churned a few of those out so I think his goal threat's a little bit underrated I think the fact that you're playing in a team where you could just knock it five yards and the person could beat ten men and score the goal means you can pick up an assist I don't think he's a playmaker by any stretch of the imagination but I think he could jam a few assists is what I'm trying to say more than he has already um, I also think Fernandinho leaving you know if there is anyone who was ever going to replace him at some point you know, maybe they sign someone, but if they don't, I think that really sort of strengthens his case a little bit to play even more minutes. I think maybe he's one of the top scoring midfielders, so I worry maybe they do a price him more, but usually they generally don't. 
So he also gives you that default City captain where next season, when, if they've got Haaland in that team, you have to expect there's going to be even more rotation, I think, in some of the wide areas for some of the attacking midfielders. And then that means you've always got... And we saw this season with the centre-backs even. Laporte did really great, but then you've got Diaz and Stones. You know, Ake started to come yeah. through and look a good option. Yeah. Maybe the defender... Cancelo's played nearly the whole season, right? But a lot of that has been injury force. They only had three full-backs, you know, Walker, Zinchenko and him, the whole season because of the Mendy issue. I can't see them not strengthening there. The general point is if you've got that backup Man City captain that you can just put it on and be confident that you can just turn out, it's, it's pretty good. So I think I've done him a disservice. I think he's quite a, an interesting option for next season. I don't think he's going to turn into a world beater and score 10 goals or anything stupid like that, but I think he's a little bit better than I've given him credit for. So I do like him depending on his price. I agree. I mean, look, he's the third highest scoring midfielder and he's the kind of player you could have just brought in and left all year. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I I think he's definitely one to watch. Someone else I think um, intrigues me still, and who I'd like to have next year. But his price is probably going to be higher. I think Saka. I know he's the yeah. last couple of games he's not done that much, but he's taken set pieces. He's on pens now for Arsenal. He looks like their number one attacking threat. So yeah. he 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 he's interesting. I can't believe this guy's in the top five scoring midfielders this season. Madison, I've got him in my team just now. It feels like he's done nothing this year, but yeah. he's he's got 10 goals and nine assists. Um, and he's not actually started that many relative to a lot of the other players up there. So, I mean, if he can get his fitness sorted out, he's got that explosive edge. And I don't see his price going up that much because he's not, as I say, he's not set the world alight. So. No. He's a he's player I've owned multiple times across the last three or four seasons, and sometimes it's gone really well, and sometimes it's gone really bad, because like you say, he gets these niggly injuries sometimes and just doesn't turn up, and that's why he's annoyed me. It's like, oh, I'm not going to get these players, because I get them in, they look good, and then they get injured, but there has to come a point, right, where that doesn't happen anymore. I think Antonio, yeah, he's got like one injury this season, but you know, players that are always injured don't necessarily always continue to be injured, so you like to think that at some point Madison can sort that out, so I do like that one. Another one I'm going to throw you away is just the Palace defenders. I remember if you take you back to episode one where I said Palace might actually be all right this season and you poo-pooed me. I think um, in the defensive data, this is why I think we might get lucky with the prices, right? I think Palace haven't kept as many clean sheets as their defensive data suggests they should by quite a long way. They're like one of the top six defences on expected goals conceded across the whole season, but they haven't ended up with that many clean sheets. So as a result, they can't price them too highly. So that's point number yeah. one. I think they'll be cheap. You've also got the fact that most defenders, if the scoring stays the same way, are going to be ridiculously expensive. And we got lucky this season with like Laporte being nine million, and you've got like the Chelsea defenders nobody thought were nailed and stuff like. These guys are all going to be in the ten millions next season. I've got no doubt about that. So Anderson, when I look at the passes, I've got it on the screen here, and uh, Gay from from Palace. Mm-hmm depending on what they got there. Passes per 90, successful ones, 59.60 is his average across the entire season from 32 games. So just on that sort of 60 pass mark, he attempts 72. So let's say they improve a little bit. Um, he's going to be consistently hitting that. So I think they could get more clean sheets next season and he's a candidate for passing and he's going to be cheap. So I do like that as probably an early sort of outlook for someone who might be undervalued by Sky a little bit. Um, that's a really good show. No, I, I agree that you you made that call. That this is what I was saying earlier on when people were asking me for your best trade, like calling these players way, 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 way before anyone else is even thinking about them. And there you are, first day of the season, giving Palace defenders the shout, and I was thinking they were going to get relegated, finishing rock bottom. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I think you're you're absolutely spot on, and and hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get lucky with the pricing because they um they're not that they're not that sexy, right? They're not they're not scoring goals, getting assists, getting getting the works. But no. for some for that kind of like mid seven range defender, they're consistently churning out gay in particular, consistently churning out passes. And he could be a really good pick for the long yeah. term. One of those like pick you put him in your team at the start and you don't touch him. Absolutely. And to add to that, Alise, who didn't play a lot at the beginning of the season, started to play the back end, has got really, really good set piece delivery. If anyone's watched him, he is an absolute baller. Like he has got, you know, Ward, not quite Ward Prowse levels, but he's got that ability to whip the ball in. And I think if he starts in the team more, which I expect, then we saw towards the back end of the season, both Anderson and Gay started to score a few goals. Again, in particular from the set piece, I think Anderson got jammy in a couple. But I think that that goal threat will slightly increase. Another one who's right at the top of the list on this as well for passes per night. He's only played five games this season, but he was a former Sky really good pick. Um, and he's sitting at 76.8 passes per 90, so hitting tier two every game on average. 
Uh, he's only started five games. Do you know who I'm talking about? He was really good for a season, then he got injured for nearly the whole season. Can't, can't even begin to think. Uh, oh, Fofana from last. Uh, that was I was literally about to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see it. To be fair, yeah, uh. Fofana. Yeah, I know Leicester have had a weird season. You know, yeah. rotating a lot. They've had the Europe thing. You know, it's not it's not gone great for them. But he's come back in and straight away looked like he's their best defender again, getting passes. So I think he's another one where we might see that his price is going to be a lot lower than it possibly should be. And the only thing with these is they're defenders, right? And we've just mentioned the best picks in the game are these 10 million defenders. So you kind of don't yeah. want to use that spot on these guys, but I think we might be forced to, you know, I, I think we might be forced to, to use one or two of them, at least to begin with, maybe. And like you say, maybe just leave them in. So alongside all the obvious picks, you've got the likes of Rodri and, and Fafana and Anderson, who could maybe be your little enablers next to them. And Bruno Gomares, like you've said, I think those guys could, could sort of fill out a lot of our teams at the beginning of next season, depending on the fixtures. Love it. Love it. And obviously we'll be hoping the summer we'll be kind of monitoring the transfers very closely, seeing who's coming and going. And we'll before I think before next year we'll probably come back and have a, a good deep dive on what's happened. Absolutely. More of the before the season begins. Um was there was there any other questions that you had in front of you? No, I think that's it. I think we've been how long we've been going for. We go oh it's not even updating. I really hope it's recording. Um <laughs> that'll be the next shambles, I think it is. It just doesn't tell me on this uh, this new system for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the only thing to really say is if you want to divulge who you're going to captain, we could run through the games. Just look at any sort of differentials that you like from each one. Yeah. I think we've kind of kind of looked at them a little bit, haven't we? I'm going to bring up the fixtures on FPL because it's just easier. Um, Before we do that, I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, my brother who's playing the game. He's played it for a long time. We have a we have a mates league, and every single season. He's come close to winning it. He's not quite managed it. but And there was one infamous year where he was chasing me and uh, he decided to bring in Giroud and took the armband off Hazard when he was leading in the league, trying to end it, and uh, I caught him. <laughs> Whereas this year, with that goal from Matip, I think he's just entered the top 20, which is pretty cool. Wow. So if I'm going to lose, Runs in the family. I'm happy to lose to someone who's, who's doing as well as he's doing. So there we go. Well wow. done. Okay. Most people want to kill their brother if they're beating him, but no, he's he's a nice chap as usual. He's going to give it to his brother. Fair enough. No, that's impressive though. Top twenty, definitely. Um, I've got the fixtures up on the screen. We talked Norwich and Spurs. So there's no point talking about that one. Man City are at home to Villa. We're going to get the lineups though. So De Bruyne's an obvious one to stand out, isn't he? And Cancelo's there, ever present. The other thing with that is, if you are doing the Hail Marys, the beauty is you do see those lineups, right? So we all know that anyone in that Man City can, team can absolutely fly off. We saw Jesus get four goals the other day. You've got Mares who might start and be on penalties. You've got Sterling, who's got previous for hat-tricks. I mean, there are so many available picks from that team that it's scary. And it, is that, in part, maybe why you avoid them? Because you just don't know which one's going to get it? That's kind of where I think, but... I think that's why I found it really difficult with Man City this year, like... Mares feels like fantasy football gold if they would just fucking play him, you know. Like <laughs> if you just if you just if you just gave the guy a game, I'm sure he would score twenty goals and get eighteen assists. But you know, he doesn't for some reason he doesn't. So yeah, it's so difficult to pick those Man City players. That's why I think next year with Haaland coming in, like <laughs> you you're gonna avoid having a Man City attacker at your absolute peril. Whereas I think this year you've largely got away without it. Like, yeah. Obviously, the Brown has done very well at the end of the year, and it's probably won some people some leagues and some good money. But up until that point, there was there wasn't really a moment I would look back on and say, "Oh man, I really wish I had that Man City striker or midfielder no. when he went off." I don't think there's been that at all, despite the fact they've been putting five past some teams. No. It's always very spread out, and then the, the player that scores gets rotated the week after. Well, the bottom line is the structure doesn't really suit it to have that expensive midfielder because then you just don't really, you can't really switch him to anyone. Maybe if you, you've got a formation set up where you can switch him to a forward, fair enough. But when there's no one else really at all, it's kind of like he's on his own and you don't really need him. And then I then, again, look at the defenders and think, well, I'd rather have Laporte or Diaz because they cost two million less and they probably end up with more points than him across the season, even if he has a worldie. So, yeah. yeah. Tricky one, but he's definitely, I mean, Man City players are absolutely a punt on the, the Villa game. I don't think it's a particularly tough game for them. Um, you know, Liverpool are obviously winning tonight. They do have to win the game. I expect they will, but I think there's probably better punts on that day. I don't I don't 
think you can categorically say, you know, De Bruyne's going to hit four goals again or anything like that. And I just don't like it in Sky when there's just too many options from a team. Not an obvious yep. standout. Liverpool home to Wolves again. It's another absolute cracker. They've obviously put their B team out tonight. Um, they're playing Champions League. I think it's six days after. So I imagine they're probably going to put out as close to their Champions League team as they can as like a warm up. Um, maybe Salah and Van Dijk are sort of on the edge of injury. But again, then we've got players like Mane. You know, you've got Trent Robertson who could be Hail Marys as well. I think Diaz as well, who was another one I mentioned right when he came, has just been crazy good. Like I wish I had the transfers to bring him in. Um, yeah, I think that that's another place. That it's, it's it's really scary for these guys on the final. There's so many places this big haul could come from. Yeah, I mean, but look, anyone who's brought in Jamie Vardy over the last couple of games yeah. has been rewarded. I mean, he's got he's got Southampton at home. It's another good game for him. He could be an option. Um, I don't know if anyone's still holding Ronaldo. I don't think I'd fancy no. them no. against Palace. But the, then, then you go down Chelsea, Chelsea against Watford. I think if I wasn't going to captain Kane or, or Son, I'd probably look to Chelsea. As you say, like that Watford team were just a, an embarrassment. Yeah, James and, and Alonso for the sheer volume, and then obviously Mount yeah, James and Alonso could get monumental holes. In well, Lukaku's so, yeah. another one who might start it, right? If you see Lukaku in the lineup, I can't see how Lukaku doesn't absolutely bully those defenders. I know he's not had a great season, and he's he's been in and out of the team. But Havertz has got apparently a hamstring injury or something, hasn't he? So I'm not sure he'll even be back. If Lukaku starts in that game, surely to God he gets something to remind them. I think that's another one that people will be looking at. I've heard people talking about it in FPL. Yeah, again, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn anyone off from doing it, but Kaku's just been so poor this season. <laughs> he's, looked, so he's, looked, he's looked better of late, but he does often go off early as well, even if Havertz is not there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. He has, he has looked better of late. I mean, he got so in his last couple of Premier League, he's got three goals in his last two Premier League games, which is which is pretty pretty damn good. But before that, he's not scored in months. No. Um, Do you remember at the beginning of the season it was a debate who would get penalties between Lukaku and Jorginho and Jorginho obviously got them. Jorginho missed the other day again. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lukaku was on penalties as well for that game, just to add in there. I think he'd yeah. see him boost his tally as well. I'm, I'm, well, I'll see, you, I'll see you back here on the first first weekend of next season and <laughs> you'll be celebrating a Lukaku haul that you didn't have any transfers. Well, I haven't got any transfers to bring him in. No, I'd just have to talk <laughs> a good game and just watch it happen. Yeah, I, I think my crazy punt for the week you know, outside, um, yeah, I think it's Lukaku. Basically, I think he's the crazy, the crazy wild punt to, to go for that could do really well. So, so actually, if you, if it's Lukaku, the wild punt, you know, he's got two games left. So, if he's in the starting lineup tomorrow night against Leicester, you'd bring him in, captain him then, and then captain him again on Sunday. That's a very good point. Yeah, I think you'd have to be guided by what he says on Havertz, though, as well, right? If he yeah. says Havertz yeah. is suddenly back, which I think he was on the edge of, then I'd, I wouldn't do it because Havertz could easily just start that Watford game. Um, Burnley Newcastle I don't think there's too much there for anyone I mean obviously all these games there's so much luck in one random week literally I think this is the point where you could just go anyone like you yeah. could do but it, I wouldn't pick that up for obvious reasons Brighton West Ham they're both just really two good teams I, would, I wouldn't I would even be able to call who wins that game to be honest with you so I, I'd want to avoid that one Brentford Leeds similar I think you know depending on Leeds situation Tony and Ericsson I think are, are good picks for this week but I, I don't see them as better than any others really do you I, don't, I can't see how you can pick them over some of the names we've picked but they're obviously good options um, I wouldn't touch them no I think Ericsson has got a very good chance of getting man of the match in that game because it could be his final one for Brentford and to be honest he's man of the match every time he takes to the pitch so there is that I think he could be a decent pick for that reason. And then Arsenal versus Everton. Yes, they've been dreadful of late, but Everton could be safe or not, or whatever might not even matter. You've obviously like the man, the main man, like you said, Saka and Enketia are both just really good picks. And as bad as they've been, I think Everton are just shocking away from home. So I'd be surprised if Arsenal didn't turn it around for that final week. There's just so many names in there. The point is there's, there's lots of options. And I think that those who are maybe a little bit further back, who feel like they need to make a gamble, if they're trying to chase a league down, they're 20 points behind, they know they've got a similar team to the guy in front of them. You're going to have to do something a bit different. So I think while Kane and Son will probably be the most captain players, there's going to be, it's like the end of the season, last day of the season is always the same. There'll be a real spread of captains. I remember two years ago, I finished 17th and I was in a lot of leagues and I needed a good haul on the last day of the season. And I thought I'll just play it safe or captain Laporte. It was when City were playing against Brighton. And they conceded really early to Brighton. And I was thinking, oh my God, here we go. And then Laporte scored from a corner. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, like, it, it, anything can happen. It's all down to luck. And we've seen hat tricks. I'm pretty sure every 
every final day for the last like three years has someone scored a hat-trick. It certainly feels like it. I don't know if it's definitely that way, but it, yeah, Walcott stands out straight away. I think he might have done it twice even. Aubameyang, I think, as well, did it. Mm. Um, and I'm sure, and, and I think De Bruyne got an absolutely huge haul against Norwich the last time they got relegated. I remember um, Kane one year, I don't know if it was 38 or 37, but he scored like three or four versus Leicester. It was certainly at the back end of the season. I don't know if it was the final day or not, but yeah. I think there has been tests done. I don't think it's just the feel. I think people, I remember seeing some sort of study that on the final day of the season, there is slightly more average goals than there is the rest of the time. And, you know, it's a, it's a big enough sample from the Premier League for like sort of, you know, however many years it's been going, a hell of a lot to just think that it's not just complete randomness. I mean, it makes sense at the end of the day. Everyone's just going out there to have fun and impress the fans on the final day. Well, not everyone, but a lot of the team. So you can see why it would be a thing. Um, I think that's it now. I think we've been going on for ages now. So uh, it's a goodbye for me. It's been a great season. I've been a pleasure talking to you guys. And sorry we've sort of missed the odd week here or there, but we have, contrary to popular belief, got, got a life occasionally that we have to do other things. Um, Niall, anything to say, mate? Back from Mauritius. Yeah, no, it's just been a, a pleasure to record these with you. I've really enjoyed it. And hopefully we've not bored people. I know, and, and I think the, the regret that I'd have is that we've probably not done enough of them. We've had a few weeks where we've had, for life reasons, just not been able to tie it up. But um, I think looking forward to a summer off, coming back next season, refreshed, hopefully looking a couple of years younger and, and feeling it too. And, and then, you know, being the guiding light of and the beacon of knowledge <laughs> that you are for for the rest of that for the rest of next year as well so it's, yeah. been, it's been fun thanks very much Luke cheers cheers mate I appreciate that yeah hopefully I can have a better season next season and I'll have more enthusiasm for, for it as well but yeah it's been great guys thanks for all the interaction um, wherever you are in your leagues um, I hope that we've we've helped you some way across the way and even if we haven't it's um, yeah it's just been great to interact so catch you next year goodbye <laughs>